Welcome to the Peace Church D Group Leaders Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Perry, the mobilization pastor and D Group leader at Peace Church. I'm here with Aaron Pierce, our multiplication pastor and leader of our discipleship ministry. This podcast is a resource to encourage, equip, and empower D Group leaders to lead their D Groups well. Welcome back to the Peace D Group Leaders Podcast. This is episode 44. Uh, today's topic is leading in the spirit. And this topic's important because as D group leaders, we've got to remind ourselves that God is the only person who has power to transform lives. So we've got to lead in a way that is dependent upon Him and not our own efforts. Uh, It's important that we understand what it means to be led by the Spirit and how we can do that so that we can maximize the impact of our discipleship efforts. So Aaron, as we start thinking about leading in the Spirit, man, what does that mean? What does that look like? And how can we uh, maximize our efforts to to really rely on the Holy Spirit as we lead our D groups? I think early on in my efforts of discipleship, this was one of the things that I neglected the most because, to be honest, I grew up in a Baptist background, and and so we always joked, I've heard it said in seminary, like Baptists are well known for the Trinity instead of the Holy Spirit, it's Father, Son, and the Holy Bible, that we ignore the Spirit. And so we are so scared of a lot of the excesses that we see in other places that we just ignore His work altogether. And so for me, so much of my Christian life was like confused about His role, but the crazy thing is the more you grow in Christ, the more that you learn and grow in your relationship with God, and even as a believer mature, you realize like how important His work is, and that's every bit as true when it comes to discipleship. I think so much of my efforts was dependent on me and not to the Spirit. So what does it mean when we say led by the Spirit? I think if you're listening, you would probably say, man, I definitely don't want to lead in my strength. I want to lead in the strength of the Spirit. But what does that even mean? So here's what it means simply. It means that we are living and leading out of an abiding relationship with Christ. We had a previous episode talking about abiding with Christ, even practical ways to do that, so I won't won't revisit that here. But what I do want to point out is that when we truly abide in Christ, and as he said, his word and his love abides in us, that we begin to bear that fruit, you tie that same principle from John 15 to Galatians 5, where Paul talks about if you're walking by the Spirit, you will not gratify the desires of the flesh, and you will end up bearing the fruit of the Spirit. So you can see the parallel between those passages basically meaning that when we follow God in such a way or we're abiding in God in such a way that our will, our desires, our actions begin to line up with what His will is. And in so doing, we're keeping in step with the Spirit, as Galatians 5 would say. And so essentially it means you are leading and living in the fullness of what God has for you because you're so in tune with Him like what you choose to do both in terms of your everyday life and how you make disciples is instinctively flowing out of what the Spirit wants you to do and where He's leading you to do. So when it comes to discipleship, the more you're walking in the Spirit, the greater impact you can see happen through God just leading your discipleship efforts. So you're not just like showing up to your meetings, kind of like, all right, I'm just going to check the box. I'm going to get done with it. But you're really saying, God, what do you want to do in this meeting? What do you want to do in this group? How do you want to speak into the lives of these people? And it kind of gives you that awareness that as you lead in the Spirit, you're going to see Him lead you to things or maybe do things you wouldn't have planned otherwise. And by doing that, you're really working almost in partnership with God to see Him work in that. And so the question becomes, that sounds great. I would love to do that. I'm sure everybody listening would say, I would love to lead in the Spirit, but how do we do that is the hard part. 
So I'm going to give you three practices that can help us really look at how we can lead in the Spirit, both being led personally and then leading out of an abundant relationship with Him. So first thing is this, and this is honestly something that's fairly new to me in the last year, year and a half that I'm not good at and very much still learning, and that is practice what we call contemplative spiritual disciplines. So when you hear spiritual disciplines, just generally speaking, Brad, like what usually comes to mind? Yeah, do you think like Bible reading, prayer, going to church, um, having a quiet time, things yeah. like that, praying, uh, sharing your faith, you know, living out, stuff like that? Yeah, and those are all part of it, right? I mean, For those sure. are certainly spiritual disciplines. Literally, we read the Word and do hear journals as a D group, so that's important. What, what I always miss, though, is if you think about it, all those disciplines require you to do something. You're reading, you're praying and engaging. You're the one who's primarily the doer in that aspect. And what I realized over time and learning through some of the resources and things that I've been listening to and, and um, studying recently is so much of my spiritual life and my relationship with God was all me doing and not me just being with Him or receiving from Him. And if you think of it this way, what other relationship do you have where one person does all the talking and all the stuff and the other person does nothing, right? Like, that's how we often relate to God is we're going to do all the work and maybe God will bless us and whatever, but we don't realize, like, God wants to speak to us. God wants to move in us. And there are some things, like, when you read the Word and do a hear journal, you're listening to God, right? I mean, literally, it's called a hear journal. But I've noticed like that was just a taste of what God was trying to do in my life, and I needed to learn to slow down. So contemplative spiritual disciplines implies the slowing down, listening. Like to be contemplative means you're reflecting, you're listening. So what, are, what would those include? Here's just a few examples. Is One would be silence and solitude. We've mentioned this on the episode of Abiding with Christ, but so I won't, again, belabor this, but the idea is we actually spend time with God not talking, not you know, bringing up a whole bunch of stuff, but just being with God and, and quieting our hearts, quieting our minds, and reflecting on Him. So this whole practice of making time alone with God that's truly quiet. Like I used to use the term quiet time. What that meant was is me talking a lot, right? But what I mean in this is really reflecting and, and growing in Him. And so that brings me to the second, not only silence and solitude, but when you're in there, the second practice of that would be reflection and listening. So here's what I mean by that. Reflection and listening would be one of two things. It means like you are taking time to just pause, be still in God's presence, and then reflect on maybe your day or maybe a passage that you just read and ask the question like, God, what are you trying to say to me? Or how I responded to these situations throughout the day, what does that say about where my heart's at? So for example, I might go back um, at the end of the day, is one of the times I do this, is I will set aside just five minutes before I go to bed, I'll pause. I'll say, God, like, I want you to speak to me. I want, to, I want you to show me where I need to grow. And so I'll think back through my day and think of conversations or moments that I might have been aware of that, man, like, I got really agitated in that moment. Or I responded really poorly to my wife in this argument or this situation. Like, what's going on there? Like, it's one of those things that we just get so used to doing. I was like, oh, I was mad or I was whatever. And you know, the truth is sometimes it might have just been, well, I was tired and I needed to sleep more. Like, that may have been all that I'm looking for. But other times when I've taken the time to pause and reflect and I listen to God, He shows me like, hey, like, look at this pattern. You're getting consistently angry and agitated about the same thing. Maybe there's something beneath that. Maybe there's an idol or 
something that you haven't given over to me that I want you to probe into and, and learn. And so for me, I just have to be honest, this is a very difficult practice because I'm wired to like do. I don't like sitting still. I can't be like lazy for long without getting super bored. And so for me to pause and be still, and then to be honest, my wife would say this, like I've never been like a very emotional person. I'm not like the teary-eyed kind of guy. I'm just not. So usually when I'm reflecting and pondering, I have to look at like my emotional responses to situations and I'm like, this is so counterintuitive to me. But what I've learned is through contemplating and letting God speak, it's like his spirit begins to reveal things in me that I've not slowed down enough to pay attention to. And what it's doing is I'm now getting more in tune with his spirit so I can bear a deeper fruit rather than walking in the ways of the flesh um, in this. And so uh, one, one thing to add to that is we talked about silence and solitude, reflection and listening. Something that um, I practiced, the specific term is we call it the daily office. This actually comes from um, a couple different resources that mention and so this is not original to me at all, but the daily office is the practice of taking two to three times a day to sit in silence for two to five minutes and just reflect and let God speak to you about whatever's happening. So for me right now, this is all brand new. I'm not good at it. So I actually do this twice a day. I will try to do it before lunch, kind of take a moment of pause and think through my morning, think on how am I responding? What's God trying to say to me? And then at the end of the day, I do it. And the whole purpose is for us to create this rhythm in our life where we're saying, all right, I'm not just spending time with God in the morning and then doing a bunch of stuff and going to bed. It's, God, I want, I want to be focused on you throughout my whole day. I don't want to just be focused on what I'm doing or in the business of life. I want to pause and make sure I'm aware that you're working around me, even in the mundane stuff of my everyday routines, and I want to be in tune with that. And so by doing these kinds of things, you're kind of giving yourself the opportunity and to pause and reflect on God. So let me just flip this because I've said a lot here. Brad, I'm just curious. Like you're hearing some of these things. Like what are you thinking as you hear yeah. some, maybe even challenges or just your own personal responses? Absolutely. So I know that for our listeners, we have listeners that are at all kinds of stages of life. And so as I look at these um, contemplative spiritual disciplines, the word that comes to my mind is time. Mm. And so for me, can I slow down enough to do this? Because like where I'm at in my stage of life, I've got two young girls, a middle schooler and an elementary student. And we're here right now where we're recording this is in the middle of school. And so I know when I get up in the morning, I get up before everybody else. But even when I do my hear journal time in the morning, I'm up against the clock. Yeah. Because I know at this point, no matter where I'm at, I got to stop. I got to do this because we got to get, I got to get lunches packed got to get the girls ready for school, got to make sure they get out of bed and get moving because sometimes it's hard to get them moving uh, on, yeah. on those school mornings. Um, and so I know some of you may be in the same boat like that or maybe you're up against the clock with getting to work on time or whatever it is. And so for me, sometimes it's like, well, I got to slow down enough to allow the Spirit to talk to me because a lot of times in the morning, I'm like, okay, God, you got this 30-minute window. You got to speak within this time frame or else I ain't hearing you, you know? Right. And so... As I look at that, that's part of my struggle where I say, okay, is just the time. Yeah. Dude, I'm glad you said that because for me in our season of life, you know, we've got a two-year-old, almost two-year-old. So I, like you, get up early trying to beat, <laughs> beat the clock, and it's the same thing. Like, that jerker wakes up early. So for me, even just this week, so he's been um, cutting teeth again, and so he's 
waking up even earlier. So I get up around 5.30. And he wakes up so happy. Oh, my gosh, yeah. So here I am, right, like reading God's <laughs> Word, praying. I'm all locked in, and at 6 o'clock, all of a sudden, he screams. Screaming, absolutely. And I'm like, I remember okay. those days. Yeah, and so I think what's a good thing you just said is putting these rhythms in positions that's going to work for your season and know, like, the time length is going to vary by season. Yeah. I mean, right now I can do two of these daily offices, as I call them, and no more because I just don't have the margin or the quiet space to do it. But I know there's a coming a day where I can maybe do more, and it's not like God's unaware (laughs) of any of your circumstances. He's well aware. I think the important principle is creating some space throughout the day to just have that moment. And I think the bigger thing is just looking at your spiritual life less of doing a bunch of stuff for God and more of also being with Him. And I would say, you know, the last contemplative discipline we haven't mentioned that we were going to is just meditating on God's Word. So this is not like sitting cross-legged, put your arms out and say, Om, as you think about the Bible. We're not talking about that. When we say meditating and the Bible repeats this command over and over, it means think about like what you've just read in Scripture and just pause without even necessarily talking verbally and just letting God speak to you through it. So the great thing is if you do hear journals, you've just broken down a passage. You've really like sought to apply it. I would say just take one or two minutes maybe and pause in a silent prayer and just say, God, like let this speak to me. Show me where I can apply it and be still. So don't think these things have to be crazy, you know, time-consuming or um, difficult. It's just kind of looking at how we can practice this. But I think the question I would want to ask you and ask myself is, are we giving God a chance to speak to us? Because that's the big thing, right? God wants to speak to us, and so much of my life has been spent speaking to Him and not listening. And so all of these different things, whatever you want to apply to your own life, I would say use them as a means to let God speak to you. Don't beat yourself up where you're learning this, because this has been a year and a half journey for me, and I still struggle, but just figuring out how you can practice this. So that was all the first thing. These last two things are going to be really quick. So the first thing of how do you lead in the Spirit was practice contemplative spiritual disciplines. Again, learning to listen to God so you can be better led by God. The second thing would be pray for your group members in group meetings. We've said this before, but man, like this matters. Like, Do you regularly pray for the group members, what they've shared in their requests? Um, And even more than that, do you pray for God to work in your meetings? Or do you pray for God to give you as a leader wisdom on how to better lead them? I would say try to incorporate those practices in in rhythms for you because, again, it's letting God know or letting your own heart know you can't make a disciple. You need God's help. So by lifting them up in prayer and praying for wisdom, if you're especially practicing contemplative disciplines, you're giving God every chance to speak to you and show you what does He want to do through your group because you may have an agenda going in, but maybe God wants to do something different or unique, or you bring up a topic you weren't planning on talking through, and you learn that or you hear that from God as you're praying and reflecting, as you're praying even for them. And so I think that's a huge thing to remember. Yeah. As I saw this topic, that's one of the things I wrote down in the margin of my paper here was, I said, how often am I praying for the guys in my D group outside of that meeting? Yeah. Um, Because sometimes I'll find myself like, oh my goodness, I ain't prayed all week. Yeah, and then I'm stepping into this meeting trying to rely on the power of the of God, the power of Holy Spirit, and I'm like, man, I have not even been praying for these guys outside of this meeting this week. So, if I really want God to move in those meetings and be led by the Spirit in those meetings, dude, I got to be praying outside of that meeting. 
Absolutely. And I'm the same way. It has been, it's so easy to neglect, right? Like we prayed for him in the meeting and I find myself not doing it. And I will say how all this works together. I've noticed since trying to do a daily office, the contemplative disciplines, God actually brings it to my attention. You haven't prayed for those people that you're about to do a degret with tomorrow. And I'm like, oh man, like I've got to do a better job myself as well. So I would say that's a huge component. So we've got practice contemplative spiritual disciplines, pray for your group members, and the third and last way we can practice um, leading in the spirit is just help them to pursue heart change, not behavioral change. We have spent an entire episode previously talking about becoming a gospel-centered disciple maker. I think it was actually two episodes um, on what we mean by this, but just as a quick add-on to it, is being led by the Spirit. This whole idea is you abide in Christ, God abides in you, and that produces the fruit. So much of church life can result in do better, try harder in your own strength. And while there is certainly things we have to do to discipline ourselves and try, the only way people truly change their habits, their life, and everything else is by falling more in love with God. If they fall in love with God and God captures their heart, they will begin to produce fruit naturally. If you discipline them or shame them enough to do it, they might do it for a while, but it's not going to last. So again, as a disciple maker, you've got to be thinking, how can I help them to connect with God in such a way that he produces the fruit that takes the pressure off of you as the leader because you can't form the change? And it also helps you realize the goal is not just for them to get really good at certain disciplines. The goal is for them to fall in love with Jesus. And we just want to remind you of that because that's what being led by the Spirit is all about is as you fall in love with God, you'll keep in step with his Spirit and you see those correlations throughout Scripture. And so one last thing on this, um, I've meant to mention this earlier. If you're asking the question like, hey, this contemplative spirituality sounds kind of new to me, or how do I even get started? Let me just point you to a couple of resources that reference this. Um, and sort of intro- one resource that introduces this concept a little bit is um, Emotionally Healthy Leader by Pete Scazzaro. There's a lot of things that book covers, uh, but that is one of them. There's a couple chapters specifically on it. But then there is also a book that is devoted specifically to this called Sacred Rhythms by Ruth Haley Barton. I would recommend those two as kind of introductory books if you're looking to learn more about how you can practice contemplative spirituality. If you're like me and this is brand new to you and you're like, I feel like I'm a weird monk or something, like it may seem that way at first, but you will find a lot of fruit in those books if you want to check that out. Awesome. Thanks, Aaron. Well, we hope this has been helpful for you listening as you think about leading uh, your D groups uh, through the power and leading of the Holy Spirit. So um, again, if you would like to, you know, more info, I highly recommend you take a look at a couple of those uh, resources Aaron mentioned. Uh, thank you for listening. Until next time, we out.